Welcome to the Mentally Well Workplaces Employee Wellness Series. This is the series where we offer practical and strategic advice and guidance in regards to employee mental health and wellness. So you have the best chance of creating a mentally well workplace and looking after your employees' mental well-being. The information we provide is general in nature and does not constitute medical or mental health advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you are feeling unwell or you suspect someone you know is, you are strongly encouraged to seek qualified and medical advice from someone such as your doctor, a healthcare professional, or you can call Lifeline on 131114. Welcome to the Employee Wellness Series. I'm joined today by uh, Satya uh, Ramakrishnan, or Dr. Sam, as he is affectionately known who is a neuroscientist who's actually worked at Harvard Medical School and has a PhD, and is also the director and founder at SMB Health. Now, SMB Health offers mindset and wellness and performance coaching for high achievers. So welcome to the Employee Wellness Series, Dr. Sam. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Patrick. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's great to have you on. You're an expert in your field in, in uh, coaching and high achievers and helping them with mindset to get the utmost out of themselves and use their ability. And it's great to have you on. And the, what we're actually talking about today is getting the best out of productivity for employees, especially in helping create a mentally well workplace. So you've, uh, you've actually got five top tips for employees in, to do with productivity. And I'm really looking forward to hearing those. So uh, I'll start with the first one that you mentioned, and that is uh, number one is learn how and when to say no at work. Uh, can you explain a little bit more, more about that for us, please? Absolutely, Patrick. So when it comes to uh, workplace, a lot of time we take uh, too much than uh, we can actually chew. Um, and the reason why people normally do that is, um, you know, uh, they have this little guilty feeling and they also have this um, fear of people looking at them as being unproductive. And then for that matter, they try to um, keep doing and, uh, you know, like working too hard. And then like they, they not necessarily set healthy boundaries that can put a lot of pressure on their um, well-being. So when to say no is when you feel that you are on the edge and it's, go, it's really affecting your um, mental health and it is creating a lot of stress in your system, then it's the right time to learn how to say no. Because sometimes it's, it's very difficult for people how to say no. So it's, it's important to learn how to say no and then communicate that in a very uh, positive and diplomatic uh, manner so that uh, everyone is uh, safe and sound. Yeah, I feel like the times that are in my working career when I haven't said no, I've, I've tried to take more on than I can handle, is when I've really tried to impress uh, either uh, work colleagues or, or managers that I work for, or I didn't want to show them that I was unreliable. Do you, do you feel maybe employees often take too much on because they're worried what people think or they think their managers might look down on them in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, absolutely. Um, most of the most of our worries of what people may think about me is uh, more of the internal dialogue 
that we create within our, our themselves. And, uh, you know, in many circumstances, that may not necessarily be true as well. So we are creating this dialogue without really um, knowing whether it's the case or not. So how to how to do that is to uh, communicate with other people whether that is the situation. Um, if the answer is no, you know, majority like talk to a few people, and then if they say no, that's not the case, then we know that it's actually our mind trying to trick us. Ah, so it's not the real scenario, and in that case, we can make a decision that um, you know. Our dear mind, stop tricking me and I'm doing okay. And of course, we always want a workload that's manageable to avoid, you know, burnout and fatigue and, and you know, leading on to, to other mental health related issues. So some really great advice. Uh, number two, in terms of productivity for employees is disengage from workplace politics. If you'd just like to elaborate a little bit further on that for us. Okay. Um, workplace politics um, is quite common. And uh, it's important to it's important to understand uh, where the politics is coming from, and how uh, whether it's been direct directly done towards us, or whether people are just doing it as a part of the um, organization, and whether it's personally affecting us at our workplace and not become productive. So there are two uh, scenarios here. And uh, so it's important to distinguish these two scenarios and then try to um, disengage from that because it's going to uh, put a lot of pressure on us because we are constantly um, worried about what's happening around and um, you know who is doing something behind us and what's going to happen to my role. And um, all these all these unnecessary um, worries that actually comes with um, um, being a part of or unknowingly being a part of uh, workplace politics can affect our productivity to a larger extent. Yeah, so, and do you feel that workplace politics is prominent in any size business? So I know I've worked in small and large organisations, and I find that. Uh, it, it sort of has filtered into both those types of different workplaces. Is it is it only certain organisations that you know would would have encountered that, or, or is it sort of any workplace? Um, workplace politics can happen with uh, any sized organisation um, because workplace politics basically starts because of people. I so see. you know we have people. Once we have more than one people involved, you know, unless it's a solopreneur type business or like maybe few employees who understand very well you know each other then it's a different scenario uh, but at the end of the day if the if the people don't have the right attitude and the mindset on how to um, you know be progressive thinkers and then you know help uh, help um, everyone in the organization to grow further then that can actually uh, be a uh, big contributor for the workplace politics. So ultimately, it's all about the people. And then so having the right attitude and the mindset for the people working in an organization uh, can completely eliminate workplace politics and then help people to become more productive. Great advice. And I think my golden rule of thumb is avoid politics at any cost. So, <laughs> so it fits, fits in well with that. So um, now your third tip for employee pro productivity and creating a mentally aware workplace is to delegate workloads to reduce pressure. 
Uh, if you could just explain a little bit more about that for us, please. So, so some people, uh, this is kind of like tied up with our first point because some people, they find it very hard to um, say no and then give their uh, workload to other people. Okay, there are two reasons why they do it. Uh, the first reason being they are too passionate and then they want to do everything by themselves. And then, um, and they could, it, it could probably uh, be coming from people being perfectionists. And then, you know, they are under constant um, um, worry that like, if I actually delegate some of my workload, if the other person makes some mistakes, you know, what's, um, what's going to happen to the, to, to the outcome and also how it's going to affect my personal image because you know people may think that i haven't done a good job and it's actually not my fault because i delegated it to someone else and they did a bad job you know so that that fear will be there and um, the second one being um people may some people may try to uh be the controller sorry to use this word but it's actually a reality uh, because they want to control the whole project or they want to control the whole situation and everything and then um, so they they may find it very difficult to um, delegate work to other people but what they don't um, realize is that it's actually adding too much of extra pressure on on their mind and also their body and then um, unless they have a very good uh, debriefing system or unless they have a, a good um, recovery mechanisms in practice that can create a lot of you know stress and anxiety in them because it's too much for them and they don't know how and then um, that can that can make them uh, less productive than becoming more productive so it's important to um, understand the boundaries and important to set the healthy boundaries and also tell ourselves that it's it's okay to delegate work to other people because we can trust them because in the past they have done a good job and we can trust them and we can you know delegate work to other people as well yeah that's a fantastic point i think delegation is a real skill i think back to some times in my career where I've, I've worked to exhaustion or overworked myself and i look back and think well i probably could have delegated better i probably should have delegated better not just for my own well-being but for the well-being of actually my team members as well it's, it's really counterintuitive for you to take on too much at times because you burn yourself out and your team suffers. So it's like a double-edged sword, but I, I think that's really important to offload some pressure is knowing when and how to delegate and, and not being afraid to actually um, to, to say to people, I, I think this is best controlled by you or you should take this over. So yeah, 100%. yeah, fantastic. I really like this next one. It's actually my favorite. So point number four, we've got don't compete, but collaborate to create win-win situations in the workplace. Um, yeah, if you'd like to expand on that, I think it's a really good point. Okay. So that's something I learned while I was doing my PhD. And um, I, I will give an example of uh, how it actually worked beautifully. Um, so I did my PhD here in Australia and we worked on a, a particular project. And then our, uh, our collaborators um, at the United States, they were doing a very similar project. And then um, me and my supervisor, we had a discussion about, okay, 
So we started this project and what are we supposed to do? Because, you know, people in the United States, they are also doing a similar project. And then he explained to me that uh, it's important to collaborate than compete. Uh, and then I asked him, can you please explain a little bit more on that? He said that, look, whatever work we are trying to do here, you know, let's say it's going to take three months of our time to finish the job. And, but the people there, they have the they have the resources money and people and they can get that job done in three weeks time so how can you go and compete with those people mm. you know it's it's quite difficult and then they will they will finish the work fast and they will publish and then they will get all the credit mm. you know so it's it's literally impossible so in that situation what we should do is we should write a nice email to them asking that you know, I understand that you are working in the similar project and we also started this similar project. And um, would that be okay if we can collaborate and become joint authors and, you know, in the publications and we can, we can progress better and everyone happy and it, it creates a win-win situation. And then he said to me that I tried this um, strategy for a long time and then nine out of the 10, nine out of 10, whenever we ask nicely to people, nicely to people, they say yes. Mm, there you go. You've just got to ask sometimes. You've just got to put yourself out there. Do you think enough teams or organizations actually look for collaboration instead of just trying to take the, so all the glory or the win for themselves? Uh, it depends on the, um, the type of the leader who is leading the organization. Yeah, so it comes so back if to the leadership. Leader, yeah, it's about the leadership. So if the, if the leader has... Um, has more of a uh, you know democratic leadership style for that matter you know then we can all collaborate and they, you know uh, you know we can actually do better together then if the leader has that attitude and the mindset then uh, everyone thrives and uh, um, let's say for example if um, if if someone is following for that matter uh, autocratic leadership model then it's very you know controlling and then they they want all the credit for whatever they do and in that situation they may not necessarily uh, implement uh, the the collaboration strategy but they try to compete with uh, other organizations um, so in that situation that that may create um, uh, that may create a little bit of you know stress and friction within within the teams and within within the employees and then uh, because of the peer pressure the employees may feel the you know feel the stress and um, again as i said it's 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 about the leadership you know if if the leaders have the have the right mindset then every organization can create a win-win situation Fantastic. You've really great advice. I think, uh, yeah, like you said, sometimes it's about leaving the ego at the door too. <laughs> and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, looking for the collaboration so everyone gets ahead. So mm. yeah. And on um, the last point, point number five for employee productivity, creating mentally well workplaces, you've got use your four core emotional intelligence tools uh, to work harmoniously with other colleagues. So what are those four core uh, emotional uh, intelligence tools that you talk about? Okay. So the four core areas of emotional intelligence are um, uh, self-awareness and self-management. You know, it, it's all about you in one sense. And, um, and, the, and the other two are basically social awareness and also relationship management. 
Okay, it's about it's about the others and your interaction with other people. Okay, so in in most of the um, in in most of the situations for people to uh, become productive, it starts um, from you. It's actually start within you, and uh, if you are quite aware of um, uh, what's happening with your own uh, emotional health and also your uh, own emotional state, and if you actually know how to manage it productively then half of the problem is already solved because most of the time as i mentioned uh, during our conversation it's actually our mind and our emotions that's basically tricking us um, you know the worst case scenario or something which which is never true mm. and then um, and then we you know we try to take our own issues onto others and lash it on other people so the battle is already half won when we are quite aware of our own self and also um, if we know how to manage ourselves better okay so in most of the situations um, you know nobody can you know in one sense nobody can really harm you in most of the times it's actually us harming ourselves because of our own mental condition yeah and um, we are our own worst enemies (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's a there's a little saying there that uh, your mind is your best friend and your mind can be your worst enemy as well Mm, i believe that especially in the workplace (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely so uh the, the first two aspects if we can focus on that then half half the problem is already solved and then obviously we will have pressure from the external environment and uh, so in that sense uh, then we need to um, develop the intelligence how to uh, present ourselves and how to become productive no matter what the social situation is yeah at the workplace and that's that's social awareness and for that it's important for people to understand uh, other people's working style as well you know what's their working style how they work and what kind of personality they are whether they are like introverts or whether they are extroverts or they whether they are ambiverts and then so understanding more about um the social context and the other people involved in the team or in the organization will help us to um, make educated decision on how to work um intelligently using our emotions and then once we have that then it comes to the fourth fourth stage or the fourth step which is basically relationship management so i'm quite aware of what i'm doing i know how to manage my emotions and um uh, I know what's happening socially, and then once I figure out all these three um, important aspects, then it's all about how I manage the relationship. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then, um, then it just like bit of like you know give and take is also quite important because um, you know that's how it works. And um, then what happens is it's it's not only at work even though we are talking about work we can actually use these four core competencies of eq at uh, home as well yeah understood is there a certain program or tool that you prefer or you recommend for organizations so they can uh, explore emotional intelligence with their employees maybe uh, evaluate uh, their teams in in more detail oh yeah i have a 
um, I have a good friend. Uh, she um, she's part of this uh, organization that offers emotional intelligence training, and the organization uh, organization name is Six Seconds. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you can look it up online. And then they they are offering some really good emotional intelligence training. And um, I have um, um, I took some of their courses. And then it's it's pretty incredible. And then I mm-hmm. learned a lot from that. And um, I also recommend people uh, to read a, a book by Daniel Goldman called Emotional Intelligence. Mm-hmm. And then it's a really good um, good book to start. Um, how to use EQ at um, workplace and also at home. Okay, fantastic. We might put uh, a little uh, look up the the details for that book there and put that in the in the notes as well. So some really good recommendations. Well, Dr. Sam, there's five great tips there. Thank you so much for joining the Employee Wellness Series, specifically talking about employee productivity and related to creating a mentally well workplace. Um, there's some nuggets of gold in there. I think you've uh, each employee can take something away from that or go back and listen to it again and you'll learn something new. So uh, we thank you very much for your time today. And just before we go, if anyone wants to reach out to you at SMB Health, what's the best way they can contact you or look up your details online? Uh, it's smbhealth.com is the website. And um, they can contact me uh, over uh, on, on LinkedIn and also <clears throat> on my mobile phone number, 0421454209. Fantastic. Thank you again for joining the Employee Wellness Series and uh, have a great rest of your day. Okay. It's a pleasure, Patrick. Thank you for inviting me. For more information, simply visit our website at mentallywellworkplaces.com.au.